Hello and welcome to Pastor Well. I'm Herschel York, Dean of the School of Theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm also pastor of the Buckron Baptist Church in Frankfurt. Pastor Well is dedicated to helping servants of the Lord Jesus Christ be faithful in ministry. And we do that by asking and answering questions that are pertinent to the calling that God has placed on our lives. And I get to answer a question today that I have been asked all my teaching ministry for sure. That is, how much prep time is appropriate? If you're preaching a sermon, how long should it take you to prepare? Now, it's an unfair question for a lot of reasons because there's so many factors. Uh, First of all, uh, how old are you? You know, uh, I'm just going to be honest with you. At 62, I've been a Christian since I was seven years old. I've been studying the Bible literally my entire life. My my dad taught me the, the, the truth of Scripture when I was very, very small, and I studied Greek as an undergraduate and then as a graduate, and then went to seminary, and I've been in the pastorate. Look, it doesn't take me nearly as long at 62 as it did at 22, and if it did, that would be a problem. Uh, my prep time is shorter. You know why? Because my entire life, I've been building up a storehouse. And I've been putting things in that storehouse. And it's, you know, there are there really aren't many passages of Scripture I've never preached before. There would be a few, but not many. And I've preached all of them, at least in general. And so, I don't, you know, I'm preaching through Romans right now as I record this. <clears throat> this is the third time I think I've preached through Romans. And, I, you know, I'm, I don't go back and look at my old outlines. I, I start fresh just for me. I like to do that. But when I say I start fresh, I'm not starting from scratch. You know, I know more. I've preached through this before. I, I know Paul better. And so it just doesn't take me as much time preaching through Romans to prepare a sermon as it did when I first started uh, decades ago. The other thing I would ask is, what is your job? It's not fair to for a bivocational guy to think that he's got to spend as much time preparing a sermon as someone who has the luxury, and by the grace of God, it is a luxury uh, to be full-time in ministry. I, don't, I would never want anyone to feel guilty because they don't have 20 hours to prepare for a Sunday morning sermon. The reality is you do what you can with the time that you have available. A third question I would ask is, are you a perfectionist? You know, perfectionism is uh, really dangerous because, first of all, in my whole life, I've never preached a sermon as well as I wanted to. And most of the time, and I mean 90% of the time, I step out of the pulpit with an overwhelming sense of failure. It's rare indeed that I think to myself, "Mm, that went well. I usually think, oh, you forgot this. You didn't say this. You know, why did you blow it? Why You didn't do well? I'm very, very critical. That kind of perfectionism can be intimidating and overwhelming. And whether it's in the pulpit or in the study, if you you feel like, oh, I just need to study this more. And if you 
if that perfectionism drives you to go down rabbit holes, I'll give you, a, for instance, preaching through Romans 7, uh, you know, there's that I passage uh, in Romans where Paul uses the first person. Uh, I was once alive apart from the law, but the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. And you, everybody asks the question, well, who, who's he talking about? Now, for me, I will tell you, I land on the side that, well, Paul is writing it. He uses the first person. He's talking about Paul. But in studying that, you can read several commentaries that say, oh, Paul's talking about Adam. You can read several others that say he's talking about Israel. And frankly, you could go down a rabbit hole on just the identity of the I in Romans 7. Who is that speaking? Is it Paul? Is it Israel? Is it Roman? Uh, or is it uh, uh, Adam or Israel or Paul? You, you could go down that rabbit hole and just read dozens of sources. And you've spent all your time on that, but is it really going to help you deliver the sermon better? You can get so caught up in details and different theories about things that you really miss the big picture. So if you have perfectionistic tendencies, you want to be able to lay those aside and say, no, I've, I've got a task, and that task is to teach the meaning of this scripture and how do I best do that. So if you pin me down and you say, well, how much time do you spend on a Sunday morning sermon? My first answer is a true answer, and it's my whole life. I've spent my whole life preparing for that sermon because no sermon I preach did I get all that information that week. So it's true my whole life. It's also true, I'd say probably I spend eight to 10 hours uh, in sermon preparation on a Sunday morning sermon. That, that would be everything from my own exegesis of it. I, my methodology is to, especially in the New Testament, I'm going to translate it. I'm going to work through the Greek text. I'm going to notice the strange things. I'm looking at textual variants. Then I do a basic outline of it. Uh, here's how I think it breaks down. Here are the major movements. What's, what are the main points that he's making? Sure, what's, the, what's the application of this? I put it in a sermonic form. Only at the end do I then look at commentaries. And it's always delightful when I see that these brilliant scholars agree with me. And it's always a little disconcerting uh, when I see that, oh, I missed something there, or they're saying something differently than I am. Uh, and that takes some time. But all of that, the main thing that I've got to keep focused on really is the truth of the text and then the people I'm preaching to. And I would encourage you that as you prepare, you're picturing the kinds of people in your congregation. You picture that car mechanic and the public school teacher and the farmer and uh, the bank teller and the single mom. You picture people because you're, you're not preaching for a bunch of scholars. You're preaching for real people with real needs. And if you feel yourself with prayers for them as you prepare to serve them the word. I think it helps you stay focused. I think the focus should always be on application, not merely meaning, but how does this change their life? You wanna make sure you're not digging so deep uh, that you have no breadth, 
And you don't want to be so broad that you have no depth. You, you, you want to find the sweet spot where you're telling enough about this. They understand it. They can see it for themselves, and they know how to apply it. If you always locate main point and application, main point and application, and really when you study, that's that's what you're going for. Now, if you don't, if you're a bivocational pastor, you don't have 10 hours a week for a Sunday morning sermon, don't feel guilty. Give it what you can. Use the available time that you have. Listen to the scripture while you drive, while you work. Listen to other people preach it, but don't copy their sermons. Listen to their take on it and how they go at it. Uh, you just find ways to, to uh, use all the available moments to saturate your mind with it and then do your, your best work. Because uh, at the end of the day, it's not about how much time you spend. It's about whether or not you're saturated with that word, whether or not you are filled with the word to the degree that you can be. It's ultimately about the stewardship that you have over the time God has given you. You may not have 10 hours to spend on a Sunday morning sermon, but you want to use what you have well. And, you know, if someone tells me, I spend 40 hours a week on my sermon, well, then I, my response is, well, what else are you doing? Because there's a lot of shepherding that has to happen outside of you, your sermon prep. So you want to make sure you maintain that balance. But use what you have. Use it well. And, by the way, I don't do the same amount of sermon prep prep time for everything I preach. Sunday morning, because I'm going to preach to a lot more people, specifically more lost people, on Sunday morning than any other time. is going to get the majority of my time. Uh, a Sunday night or Wednesday night kind of a Bible study going to get quite a bit less than I put into Sunday morning. And it's often things that I've done before, at least texts that I know real well. And, and uh, I don't need as much time to prepare them. Uh, they're more teaching and commentary than the sermonic form of a Sunday morning. So I don't feel guilty about that. I do what I can do with the time that I have. And if you're faithful, if you saturate yourself with that text, you're praying for the people of God that you're going to open this, this word to, uh, God will bless it. You know, the goal is never that people leave going, oh, I'm so glad I have a pastor who's an expert. I'm so glad I have a pastor who can tell me what this means. The goal is for them to leave saying, oh, I see that in the text. I, I see how to see what he told me is there because he didn't just teach me the meaning of the text. He taught me how to read the Bible. That's what we're after. So you're bringing them along with you in your discovery of the meaning of the text because we don't want them to just lean on us. We want them to be self-feeders. And if you teach them that, then you know how to pastor well. <laughs>